Welcome to Rooftop Church. This podcast is part of our Sunday sermon series, where each week we dive into the Word of God and the powerful message of Christ. Amen. Good morning to everyone. Good to see you guys. Would you just turn to your right, to your left, uh, greet them with a big smile, let them know that you're they're welcome in this house. We welcome you. Good to see you guys. Good morning, everyone. Hello. Just a few announcements before we begin our Sunday service today. Um, uh, this past Sunday, on uh, last week on the 15th, um, we had our uh, biannual town hall meeting. And some of the findings during the town hall, I do want to share with you guys. During the town hall that we had elected a new board member in our, in our midst, so Nancy Kim uh, cleared the votes that she will be installed today as a new member uh, replacing Paul Kim, who has served uh, four-plus years on the board, and, and so sh- he will be transitioning out, and we will have uh, just a, uh, a few minutes of installing Nancy Kim as a new board member to join the church leadership. Along with that, we will also install four new members in our, in our midst, so uh, it's a great, great uh, thing happening today. I know um, um, they're kind of scattered throughout the room here. I know uh, Johnny is not uh, able to attend uh, service in person today, but we will be installing new members as well. Also, this past Sunday, we announced that um, my family and I will uh, uh, begin our sabbatical beginning June 1st. So it's kind of the first thing that, um, uh, that we are encountering as a church. For me, I've been in uh, uh, vocational ministry now for the past 23, 24 years. And it's the first time that I'm going on a sabbatical leave, too. So uh, during the time of my sabbatical, uh, which is uh, for three and a half months, I will not be in attendance in church at all. Um, and, and I think we, we talked about a little bit of details and expectations of going forward. I think the goal is for me to, um, uh, to, to be removing the context of your lives for that during that time. Um, I know that sounds really harsh, but uh, it, it's, it's, it's so that we can feel the, the rejuvenation and, and coming back recharged. So uh, again, uh, we, we're kind of new to this, but, but the goal of that is so that when we do return from our sabbatical, that we are ready to, to plow hard and to work uh, the soil for the next, uh, uh, you know, seven, ten years. So that's kind of the goal. Um, so next Sunday will be the last Sunday for me for the time being. And in my absence, Pastor Tavis will uh, uh, assume the role of an acting senior pastor, meaning uh, he will be given, he has been uh, given um, the, all the authority and the leadership from the church board, and he will resume the role of a, he will take on the role of a senior pastor in my absence. So we will have a little bit of a, a baton change officially kind of signifying and kind of a, a calling forth the, the sabbatical next week. So, uh, and, and then we'll have the chance to honor and acknowledge Pastor Tavis as the, the senior pastor during that term. All right, today as um, today's installation Sunday, uh, it's an exciting Sunday for us. Uh, it's a little different than uh, church anniversary. Church anniversary, we celebrate uh, when God has began our, our ministry as a church, we journey on. But installation Sunday is different in that uh, we're acknowledging new leadership. We're also welcoming officially uh, those that God has sent to be a part not just as members, but to be the builders and the architects of Rooftop Church. So uh, we will have a chance to properly uh, have that time afterwards. All right. Um, All right, today, before I I start my sermon portion of the service, um, we're going to take the next few minutes to have... uh, Missing anything? The announcements. 
Okay, announcements. All right, that was it. Announcements, so next uh, Tuesday, uh, uh, two, sun, two Tuesdays from now on, and there's a reason why I'm, why I'm announcing this early. You know, we talked about last week, what does it mean for, for us to be the church? You know, I, I thought, you know, we need to pray more. You know, according to uh, Pastor Jim Simbola, uh, he always says that a church that prays together is the real church. You know, you could tell how popular the pastor is by, by, uh, by measuring who shows up on Sunday services, but you know how popular Jesus is by who shows up to the prayer meetings. And I think for, for us, uh, for the seasons that we have gone through, uh, you know, for me, I, I, I know that we can be uh, more of the church that prays together. So I'm inviting every single one of you guys to come. Uh, it's on Zoom, guys. I mean, really, it's on Zoom. Uh, at 8.30, two Tuesdays from now on, and we call into the church to join in, and we have a wonderful time of prayer. Uh, sometimes we pray for individuals, but most of the times we pray and intercede for the church that we love and cherish. So uh, that's in, in two Tuesdays from now on. And on, on June 11th, okay, I don't know how many s- Saturdays or, or from now on, but uh, guys, this is your turn. Remember a couple of weeks ago when we sent off the ladies to hang out uh, one morning on the last Saturday of April? So, so the guys will get their turn this time. So on June 11th, Saturday at 11 a.m., uh, the Bowery in Fullerton, I have no idea what kind of place that is, but I'm imagining it's a place where, are, are we going to eat together? Are we going to play together too? Are we going to have fun? I'm, we're going to pass it It's going to be a great time of hangout, right? So guys, good news. Um, you don't even have to be a dad. So we're going to celebrate you if you're a dude in the house. Amen? Where's the excitement, guys? All right. Where are the tired dads, like, celebrating, and they're like, this is your turn, dads? Yes. All right. I don't know. I'm hoping that some of you guys show up. All right. So all the dads, all the guys in the house, uh, we're inviting you to come. St. Fullerton, June 11th. Come on out. Let's grab a meal together. And uh, just uh, enjoy time um, being together with other men um, at church. All right, I think that's it. All right, we're going to move on to the next portion. So as we, uh, we will spend the next few minutes just kind of uh, having an interview here. Um, let's welcome Stephen Liu to the front. All right, one of the things that I love doing um, as, you know, being a pastor at, at church it's not necessarily that I preach and teach on the pulpit, but I love highlighting the stories of individual members that have come. And, and, and because it's particularly interesting, it's a great reminder what God is doing uh, with us knowing and not knowing. So we, we, I, I, lo- I love taking the time to just kind of share, allow the members to kind of unpack their journey and their, and their stories. So uh, Stephen's up here. I know you guys have seen him uh, a whole lot. Uh, he, on, he came on board... Um, I don't want to mess this up, August of last year, right? So he came, just randomly showed up on one Sunday, and uh, we kept seeing more and more of him. And uh, here he is, um, and I, it would be a wonderful time for us to kind of unpack his journey. So, Stephen, uh, how are you? Why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? I know that plenty of members here that, that don't really know your background and story, so let's begin there. Okay. Um, well, I'm Stephen, and... I've been at Rooftop for nine months, no, less, like nine months. Yeah, now. I'm not doing yeah. math on Sunday morning, man. Um, and <laughs> I first heard about Rooftop through, where's, 
Sam and Gloria O. So I knew them from the Bay Area, and when I moved down to SoCal, <clears throat> they, they invited me out, and that's how I first heard about it. Um, so should I just go through? Sure. Yeah. yeah, I know that you, you, are, uh, you are from SoCal, but you also moved around yeah, yeah, a lot right yeah. in the past 10, 15 years. So yeah. why don't you tell us So about that? I, um, I grew up in Torrance, and so I'm originally from SoCal. But any, any Torrance natives here? Oh, yeah, Becky from Torrance. Yeah. Yeah. She's famous in Torrance. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, but then my family kind of relocated to East Coast uh, when I was like high school years. So I spent a lot of time on the East Coast, like Philly. I went to college in Pittsburgh and I worked in New York City. And then 2016, I moved to the Bay Area. So I was in the Bay Area for the last like six years or five, five years or so. And then only last summer I moved down, moved back to SoCal. So like full circle, my family's all still here in Orange County. I live in Irvine right now. Yep. So that's kind of. What did you miss during your time away from home and SoCal? What, 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 what's, what's the best thing about returning to SoCal? I mean, I, I think when you grow up in SoCal, you always imagine yourself coming back at some point. Um, it's just better in SoCal. Yeah, like I've been all over. It's better. That's, that's just yeah. sums it up. It's just yeah. everything is better it's in SoCal, better, yeah. right? Any, uh, we're, we're so. not, hope we're not offending any NoCal yeah. residents here or, or natives. All right, um, uh, Stephen, I know that you've also had an interesting journey in terms of your faith background. So um, uh, I, I know that you, you come from a family whose your father was a minister for a long mm -hmm. time. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your spiritual journey and how God is, um, how, how you have been introduced to church and faith and, and tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a PK. My dad was a pastor of a Chinese church in, in Lomita, right, CCCSB. Um, so I grew up as a, as a PK and, you know, typical PK journey, like you grow up in the church, you kind of inherit your faith, and then, um, you know, when you, go off, when you go off on your own, you kind of you lose touch with God. Um, so I would say from when I left for college to about like my mid to late 20s, I wouldn't really have considered myself like a Christian, but I like, you know, I went in, I, I came in and out of church service and, you know, God was always there somewhere, right? Um, but it wasn't until I kind of moved to the Bay Area that God really like, you know, stirred in my heart and had me join a good church and, you know, have community, and I think it's really the community um, as well as kind of my own maturity that kind of brought me back to faith, so, mm. yep. You know, uh, is Sam here, Sam and Gloria? Oh, Sam, so I'm always curious, like, um, you know, on the, on the pastor and the, on the church end, I'm curious about the conversations that happen between the church members and their invitation to their friends and family, so what was that like? What, what, was, the, what was Sam's pitch to you? And was it a hard sell? Was it easy sell? And what were your expectations? Yeah. Checking, I guess, checking us out on a blind day to, to the church you've never seen before. So what was that like for you? Yeah, so I moved last July. Um, so I was like brand new to SoCal. And like, because I had been gone so long, it's not like I had a lot of friends here. I just had family here and like a few handful of friends that I grew up with. But um, I was checking out a couple churches in like Irvine and they were like these big, churches and you know um so sam it wasn't a hard sell he just asked me to come and i came and it, did, I, did he yeah. threaten you was he nice no, or he just said hey you know he, he he mentioned you saying like he knew you from the bay area and um he's 
he just asked me to come, and I was like, sounds good, because I was, I was brand new. There was no, like, yeah. It was like, I was open to uh, checking out different churches. I see. And what was your experience like that day when you visited? Um, was it, le- I don't want to, yeah, what, what was it like for you? I, I don't remember, I, I, don't, I don't know if you were here. I don't think you were speaking that. Yeah. Why does this always yeah. happen when? Yeah. Visitors? So I think it, I think it's, it was. I'm never here. <laughs> it was a guest speaker, but I remember out in that hallway because we used to come in from that side, right? I, um, you know, I'm like, you know, that hallway's kind of narrow, and there's yes. like just a line of dudes. And you, have to, <laughs> you have to like walk through all of them to get to this door, so they all you have to say hi to all of them, right? So, um, yeah, that's a good setup. You should. You should do that again, but, um, so I met a bunch of guys mm-hmm. there, and it was cool. They're all chill, so. I, I was like, nice. And then, uh, uh, and then you weren't here. So I, I, so I came okay, back. Okay, get out. I wasn't yeah. here, okay. So I came back the next week, okay. and then you were here. So You know, um, yeah. there's a running joke. I think uh, Sam's older uh, sister, Sam, uh, Esther and Jason, when they visited, um, it took them like three, four visits, and, and I was never here. Or when I was here, I never spoke. So for the course of like five, six, it was a long time. I was like, you know what? We just have to keep coming back to see, like, if Scott's really the pastor mm-hmm. here. So it's, it's been a good method for us, man. So solid, solid strategy on our part. Yeah. So what was, Stephen, was there a moment where you thought, I know that, that you, I know you said you were checking out different churches. Mm-hmm. So was there a moment where you sensed, like, you know, rooftop can really be home for me? Or you began to explore, like, the long-term prospects uh, of you becoming a part of this church? Yeah, um, yeah. I was, you know, I was checking out a couple of churches for a few months, so I wasn't just coming to Rooftop for like oh, the really? first couple two months. two services. Yeah, because wow. it was nice because you were at one, so I could kind of go to like a standard service time and then come to the one o'clock. Standard yeah. service yeah. time. Okay, guys, it's good. To, we have finally been yeah. standardized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I, I, I did come to like both services. Um, you know, other churches I checked out like were a little bigger, more like, um, and it was, I don't know, I think it's maybe because I'm older now, it's, it was harder to plug in, um, but then I really liked the intimate community here, and even less than this, like during COVID, there's only, right. like, there's only right. like 20 people you need to meet, right, and you would just yes. meet them all, so, yes. so it was, uh, I, think, I think getting, making those connections was definitely uh, a good, you know, start, and then I think as I you know, got to know kind of you and Tavis more and also the, the congregation, like, um, you know, even in the short time I've been here in SoCal, I've, I've had my ups and downs. And, you know, I think this church has really been there for me during, during those times. Um, and it was, it was probably around the, like the holidays where I was kind of like, yeah, I think, mm. I'm, I think it's like Thanksgiving, it's, December yeah, yeah, around yeah, that time. Yeah. Well, you were, you were uh, checking us, you were considering still. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's good. All right. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was, yeah. Um, um, tell us, uh, Stephen, you're about to be installed as one of the new members um, in just a few minutes today. Uh, what do you love the most about Rooftop? Um, I, you know, I think I love the, um, I already kind of mentioned, like, the people. I like the people a lot, but I think it's definitely, um, I, like, I like your passion if I can just call you out, like, I like your passion for God, right? I think it really rubs off on people, and mm. um, it's very genuine. And I think, you know, coming out of this season of COVID, and also for me, it was kind of a double, because it was coming out of mm. COVID, plus I had to move, so mm. it was really hard moving in the, middle, in the midst of COVID. Like, 
that passion was just kind of lacking. Mm. Um, but, you know, spending more time with you, Tavis, who just like serves so faithfully and humbly behind the scenes sometimes, and um, just having that like be the leadership mm. of this church, um, you know, I love that a lot. And then in addition, I think that the congregation, we're all going through this journey of trying to like get back to normal, mm. right? But it's very hard for us to like make that effort. But I think um, I definitely see it from different places and I think slowly but surely it'll come back, yeah. Mm. Yeah, you know, something that I noticed about Stephen when he joined was that he was such a willing participant in, in everything that we, we did, uh, whether it was just hanging out, uh, grabbing a meal or I don't think he, I, I don't think I've ever heard him decline many times. And, and it wasn't just because like he's free all the time. He's a, he's a, he works in a profession, he works very hard, but he always makes time for all things church. And, and what sticks out to mind to me when, when I'm hearing you is that during fast and pray, uh, he was so curious. And as a new person, he just kind of, okay, this is this church fast. Uh, I've never done it before. I've never done seven-day fasting, but I was really surprised. Like, you know, Pastor Scott, like, can I try it? I'm like, sure, you could try it. I'm saying, Stephen, you don't have to. He's like, no, 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 I want to do it. You know, you know how Stephen talks, like, no, 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 I'm ready. I want to do it. <laughs> and, and he did, and then I was like, the whole time, I'm like, well, Stephen, no pressure. You don't have to, but he, he, he pressed through the entire week, and I know that that did something to, to you, and, and, and he was just, uh, I think, just, you know, when your heart is willing, and I, got, I think God pours out even more abundantly, and, and I see so much of that happening, Steve, uh, for you. Um, you know, as, as you're about to be officially installed now, Stephen, what are your prayers? What are your desires for uh, your church now? We, we won't say rooftop. It's just now rooftop is now your church. What are your prayers and desires? Uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I think it's all kind of the same theme right? Um, you know, I think for the past two years, we all had the excuse of COVID and we had the excuse of busyness and comfort. Um, and for me, you know, it was, it was all the same, right? Like virtual church is very easy. You just wake up, turn the TV on and, and you're done. Right. But, um, the, the prayer for the church, I think is, um, that not only will God stir in our hearts, but also for us to make an active effort to, um, get back out of that kind of comfortable mindset um, so that the church can really, I think, I think without community, the church, it's hard not only for the church to grow, but for, for us to grow spiritually, like in, as individuals. Um, and then the prayer for myself is, you know, like you preached on this last week, but it's kind of like, like, um, what, what did you talk about last week? Is that, <laughs> No, I, I, it, it no, 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 it wasn't, yeah, you yeah, know, it, it was something about, it was something about, like, huh? Yeah, the rhythm, right? Yeah, it's, it's like, it was, it was like the active, it's, it's like, what I, what I meant to say was, like, active participation on our end. We're not just, like, we're not just sitting here waiting for God to, like, transform our lives, right? I mean, that's a big part of it, but it requires, like, active, like, intentional motivation from our end, right? And I think I lack a lot of that, especially with like my personal spiritual disciplines, right? I think it's easy to come to church and say hi and like worship, but it's like during the week where there's like 
no thought of God throughout your entire week until you, you, it's like Saturday and you're like, oh, shoot, I have church tomorrow, right? So getting more of that rhythm dur during the week, I think, is, is something that I'm looking forward to do, yeah. That's good. You, I mean, you put me on the spot, man, for yeah. me to recall a sermon that I preached a yeah. week ago. Seven yeah. days. That's how many hours? Stephen, um, Stephen is an incredible, he, he, he just enjoys life. He's, he's a very good athlete. Hey, man, we didn't plan this, but quick plug for all the guys or someone interested in playing basketball. A quick pitch for you. What, why should they sign up? Why should they show up? And how has basketball, basketball been for you? Uh, well, basketball, I think for a lot of guys, basketball, when you come to a new church, that's like you're into like uh, fellowship, right? I think it's, it's very easy because it's all, it's all the same and then you get to know a bunch of guys. So we've been playing at Richard's apartment um, Saturdays and like, you know, it, it's only like a half court, so it's like pretty casual, but then we have these two new guys right here. Like they play in Fullerton on, on, on Saturday mornings at nine o'clock. They're really good. Yeah. <laughs> No, I said encourage us to come out and play. Oh, that, oh. That okay. scare us <laughs> no. Hey, come on, man. We have some old dudes here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's good exercise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's, that's Steven. I know that uh, uh, you're going to see him a lot. He's just so fun to be around. He's just full of energy. He's such a genuine guy. So we're, we're happy to have you, Steven. And we can't wait to do, uh, to do life together and, and go the long distance together. So let's give it up for Steven Lee. It's such a blessing uh, to be able to um, welcome new faces and, and hear their stories and, and now get, we get weaved in together with the fabric of uh, what our church is all about. So, um, yeah, today's a special day again, and we have the chance to remind ourselves that, man, uh, sometimes we forget that God is involved. Sometimes we forget that God is the one really uh, bringing us together. We forget that God is still continuing to write the story for this church. All right. I'm just going to share for a few minutes, and we're going to go on with the rest of the installation of the members and, and, and as well as the board members. So uh, today's passage, uh, is, it should be a familiar one for you. So it comes from Matthew chapter 10, verse 27. Uh, it's the phrase, it's the verse that we've been attempting to recite every single week for the past, I think, two months. Um, uh, today I'm going to show it on the thing. So let's read together, shall we? Ready? What I tell you in the darkness, speak it in the light, and what you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim upon the rooftops. All right. One more time. What I tell you in the darkness, whispered in your ears, proclaim upon the rooftops. Let's pray. God, we thank you, Lord. God, we acknowledge you, your presence, God, your working, and your preservation of this church, God. Today, we recognize that this is your beloved 
church. And God, I pray not only for the affirmation of the call, but God, I pray for the uh, continual um, descending and the commissioning of which you have called us for, Lord. God, we pray for deep uh, um, uh, uh, infusing of passion, God, and, and, and vigor, Lord, God, as, as we may have the power to go the long distance, Lord. God, as we share for the next few minutes, Lord, God, I pray that you would um, not only inspire us, Lord God, but, God, that you would secure us in your love. We thank you, God. We love you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. How many guys have, how many guys? What is something that you can turn on on Netflix or Hulu, whatever it is, something that you can watch forever and ever? Any, any TV shows like that for you guys? You have, you want to care to share? Uh, I don't know. Friends, all right. Um, my, my wife loves Hospital Playlist. It's a Korean show. She loves that. And any, anyone else? Any Office fans here? Office yeah, maybe. I don't know what to say next. Are you guys really old or really young? Seinfeld? <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> 90210. Oh, man. Paul had posters of 90210 of all the guy casts, I know. Uh, well, I, recently I think I had this uh, debate uh, uh, among church members between Friends and Office, which is the greatest show ever. Uh, we could not settle that question. We couldn't. It was really hard. Um, I began as a huge Friends fan, and in the early 2000s, it got me through some tough times, and also my time in the mission field. Someone had burned like 10 DVDs. I mean, it was like precious gold. I watched so many episodes. And then it wasn't until recently someone introduced to me the show The Office. It wasn't, a, it wasn't an immediate love, but man, when it clicked, mind-blowing. Anyways, some Office fans here? No? Okay, you like, Scott, just quit talking, quit asking me, just preach. All right, um, uh, unfriends, unfriends, who is your favorite character? Who is the funniest character to you? Uh, there are six characters, I think three guys, three girls. Mine happens to be Joey. Joey, among all six friends, Joey is my favorite character. Joey Trubiani, a New Yorker, uh, Italian dude, uh, not the brightest out of the bunch, but he's so funny to me. And I don't know, do you guys remember, anyone remember uh, this scene? Where is this scene about? If you can guess this, man... Coffee for you. Eyebrows. Eyebrows, no. Anyone want to die hard fan? All right. Oh, from the flannel. Good catch, honey. Well, you guys know that the, those six friends, they do annual Thanksgiving. I think they call it Friendsgiving. I think the tradition of some of you guys who still have today is actually these six friends celebrating 
uh, Thanksgiving together because for whatever reasons, they don't have families or, or they can't go, so they decide to celebrate every Thanksgiving together by having a huge feast. And Monica, who is a chef on the show, she volunteers to cook up a storm and cook up a huge feast for every one of her friends. Well, one year, she decides that, you know what? Uh, I, I just really hate seeing all the food going to waste. So she decides one day, say, you know what? I decided for this year, we're not gonna, I'm not going to cook a feast. No turkey, no side dishes. We're just going to do something lighter. So upon hearing the news where Monica comes into Joey and Chandler's apartment, and Joey's freaking out. And he, Joey, who loves food, he loves, I don't think he's a cook, but he loves to eat and, and something that he does well. And Joey is freaking out, and he goes on a rant to convince Monica now that why she should not cancel the Friendsgiving feast. And this is a scene where he's directly pointing his finger at Monica. Hey, I'm a Trubiani. We may not the brightest thinkers in the world. We're not world changers. We're not very bright. But Trubianis... We can eat, and we will eat, and I don't care what you do, but I want you to cook that feast, and I will finish every one of the dishes that you cook. And this is Joey Tribbiani going at it, and this is the moment where he claims, I'm a Tribbiani. And, and my heart, I mean, I remember it's like, man, uh, there's a little bit of fear. It's like, oh, man, you have no doubt when you look into Joey's eyes. Look at the intensity. There's, look at the ferocity in his eyes. Is that a man that you should doubt? Do you see passion? Do you sense genuine commitment? And he's like, I don't know what I have to do, but I will get it done. For me, that phrase, I'm a Tribbiani, and we know how to eat. Where am I going with this? On this installation Sunday... I was reminded as a church, and I just immediately connected to this man, Joey, a humble man. I know that as a church, it's impossible to be great at many things. There is no church, I believe, even God-fearing, God-loving, evangelizing, worshiping church. There are certain things that every church thrives in. There are certain traits that that, 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 that certain churches emanate that, that defines who they are very distinctively that marks them to be unique and different from the rest of the world. And I think for us, when we talk about rooftop church, when I think about my beloved church, when I think about my home church, there are certain distinct traits. I know we may not be the best in XYZ. Hey, we may not even be a very big church. We may not be a famous church. We may not be even known in, in beyond or even in the city of Brea. But when I think about it, when you dig deep, I know that there are certain traits and characteristics that shake the foundation of my heart, that, that, that everything that we do are derived out of these core beliefs. At the end of the day, when we have to answer the call to Jesus one day, Jesus will ask us, 
my good and faithful servant, what have you done? What have you accomplished? The talents that I've given you during your time on earth, how diligent have you been in reaching the world? You know, on this installation Sunday, I want to just share with you the core values of our church. Some of you guys have uh, forgotten them. Uh, All of you guys, official members, should remember going through the study where we uh, uh, introduced to you these six, six core values, but we may not have spent more time going over and review. But there are distinct marks that which we have been very intentional from the beginning that, you know what, we want to make sure that we become the church that personify these characteristics. So for some of you guys, I'm, in, I'm imagining many of you guys maybe uh, you guys need a refresher. Some of you guys who have just completed the membership class, it's an easier refresher for you. But I'm really sharing these values because I would love for every single one of the members here at this church to, to be able to be cognizant. You know, when we say, oh, what's the vision statement of the church? What are these core values? Sometimes, I, you know, I do this too. It's like, oh, we, we joke about it. We say, oh, I don't know. Like, oh, that was a long time ago. Like sometimes, but I, I get it. But sometimes there's an indifference and lack of attention to what God has called us for. So during the next few minutes, I'm going to just highlight these things. Uh, may you be reminded. May you be inspired. May you be encouraged that, that there is a narrative, there's a direction which we are now uh, uh, kind of moving together with. So the first core value is rooftop church. One of the distinct marks of our church is that we are a gospel-centered church. Everyone say it with me, gospel-centered We are a gospel-centered church where people who are sick, broken, and hurt are embraced to come and worship God as one. I think when you hear the phrase gospel-centered, it's become such a banal phrase or or an expression in modern-day Christianity because every church is essentially gospel-centered. Every time it's like, well, let's be a gospel-centered community, let's be a uh, gospel-centered church, But I think that phrase has become overused in the sense that we forget what that really means. Guys, what gospel-centered church really means is that think about when Jesus came. Think about the people that were attracted to Jesus. Think about the people that Jesus was more interested in. You know, on my way to church today, I thought about Jesus. You know, Jesus, and I just began to play in my head, where did Jesus spend the most time? during his three years of ministry. If we had to wake up one day and we, and we were given the task of where do we find Jesus? You know, guys, the scriptures over and over tell us through the gospels that Jesus was often found among the marginalized. He was often found outside the place of temple worship, outside the teaching synagogues, and Jesus was often, often found people that were delineated or marginalized, people who were hurting, sick, not only physically but emotionally and, and psychologically as well, people being tormented, people being oppressed. Jesus was the master. He was absolutely committed to people that were not yet readily accepted in the community of faith. Gospel center simply means 
we want to be the church that people that are not easily finding themselves, you know, people who struggle to find their place in the world, they would feel and find a place, that find a home in this church. Does that make sense? Gospel-centered church. I'm just going to quickly go over these because we don't have much time today. Second, extravagant worship. Well, what does extravagant worship mean? As Rooftop Church, we commit our absolute best effort to lead an excellent, passionate life before God. I want you to uh, remember this image. When you hear the words extravagant worship, hear Mary, who appeared at the feet of Jesus, broke the precious jar of alabaster jar of perfume, and without any hesitation, she brought the jar of perfume, broke it at the feet of Jesus in the presence of all disciples and strangers. She poured out the perfume, most likely a family heirloom, most likely the most prized possession that she ever had. She broke it at the feet of Jesus, and she did not hesitate to give what was most precious to her. There then, she knelt before Jesus. She unbound her hair, which at that time was considered very exposing. As a woman, you would not normally unbound your hair. At that time, she recognized Jesus to be the head of her life. And she began to wash the feet of Jesus. When the disciples around her saw what she was doing, they actually tried to stop her from doing that. And some even criticized her for being foolish. And, and they said what? They said, man, what are you doing? What is this woman doing? Does she realize how uh, costly this perfume is? Does she realize how many poor people that we can feed? Do you, does she, in essence, does she realize what we can do if we were to sell it and, and, and get money out of it? And Jesus stops everyone who was criticizing her said, leave her alone, right? And she, he said, wherever the good news, wherever the gospel is preached, so shall the story of this woman who have just given up the most precious thing to her life. And he highlights her act of worship. So we as people of Rooftop, when we think about God, we want to be a people who are extravagant, when we come to the worshiping of our God. Extravagant. What does that mean? You do not save. You do not withhold. Basically, extravagant means you waste everything on God. You go the extra, 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 extra. In fact, that word extra is included in extravagant. When it comes to the things of God, we do not hold back at all. We worship God. We waste ourselves. We pour ourselves out loving and serving God. Amen? Third is concentric leadership. Say it with me, concentric leadership. Just, to, just curious, is this ringing a bell for you guys? Do you guys remember at all these things? I know some of you guys. This was like seven years ago, right, for us, right? 
It was a long time ago, you know, and, and I get it. Like, we, we don't we really highlight all that often, but this is a good refresher. Next is concentric leadership. We believe every follower of Jesus uh, is called to be a leader who is able to impact others for his sake. Concentric leadership meaning we are mindful that God has impacted our lives and in return that we are going to go out and make a difference, make an impact in every sphere that God has called us for. You know, if you hear the phrase, make an impact, that's a common phrase that's thrown around in this church. We simply want to make a difference. And the concentric leadership reminds us that we make that impact first in the most immediate circle of our lives. God impacts our lives. God brings salvation into our lives. And what is the first context of impact? We believe that that's our family, meaning we are going to what? We are going to be the difference maker. We're going to love and serve our family. We're going to minister to our family members first. That's the first place of our ministry. And we believe that it's concentric, meaning it grows larger and larger and larger. It's concentric. Think of the ripple effect. You throw a rock in a quiet and peaceful pond. What does, how does a peaceful pond um, respond when you drop a rock? It goes, starts from the small circle. It just expands to the outer rings of the entire lake. Think of this phrase. The light that shines the brightest at home shines the furthest. You know, as Christians, we, we have made the mistake over the years that we are so busy reaching the world. We are so busy serving the church. We are so busy preaching the gospel and changing the community. And oftentimes, we find ourselves neglecting our own families. Sometimes we may be great at missions, but we neglect our, our own church and community. So as Rooftop Church, we simply believe we want to make impact and difference all the spheres which God has called us for. All right? Next one is radical obedience. Radical obedience. This one's really simple. We hear and obey the voice of God. Um, when, when God has placed this value upon my heart is that it was specific. Uh, sometimes we try to outsmart ourselves. Sometimes we spend so much time strategizing. Sometimes we as people of God we overcomplicate things by analyzing and making a sound decision. And that, I mean, that's, that, that's needed. That's valuable too. But sometimes we do so at the expense of not obeying the call of God. Sometimes we make decisions but ignore the inner voice that God has given to us. So sometimes a lot of churches are great at operating and managing what God has given to them. But we don't really experience the supernatural. Now, how many of you guys know that the things of God sometimes are beyond our comprehension? What God calls us for, the tasks and the, and the call that he gives upon us, it, it should be beyond our abilities. The church, we're not called to just do things that make sense in our own minds. For that reason, we want to be a people that are radically obedient Think of this way, guys. Whatever God says, 
Are you willing to say yes? If God asks of us, can we simply say yes, no matter the cost? I know it's a very difficult thing, but we want to be the church that says yes to God at all times. Does that make sense? Amen, church? Guys, I'm almost done. Just two more left. Bear with me, right? What is the fifth value? Can you re recall the four values that I mentioned? I'm going to test you. You're not going home until you... No, just kidding. Fifth one, intimate community. We believe in building a community that is authentic, faithful, and ministering to one another. Hashtag intimate community. If you Google research, uh, if you go on Instagram, uh, rooftop church, and uh, mo often, the most often used hashtag is intimate community. What does that mean? Uh, it means that we believe in building a community that is authentic and faithful and ministering to one another. And we, you know, we, we share this with the, the, the recent cohort. We say this, everyone has a story. Your story matters. You know what? God has a story. And God is now weaving together the bunch of stories, and we're now weaved together into the fabric of one. We're this beautiful tapestry which God is continuing to enlarge and expand. And intimate communion simply means that you care for one another deeply. And, and, and we don't, you know, is there anything more off-putting for a church than to be superficial? Is there anything more like, you know, a, a bigger turnoff than like you come and, and you go home feeling so empty because you have just like faked? You have just stanced around the surface of friendship and relationship? So we as Rooftop Church, we want to be authentic, genuine. We want to build lifelong relationships together. Next, compassion. We commit to encountering and helping those around us who are suffering and by relie uh, relieving their pains and burdens. This kind of goes hand in hand with intimate community is that, you know what? I want every single, I pray every single rooftop church member to be very empathetic. I want you guys to be a feeler. I want you guys to hurt when you hear stories of brokenness and suffering. And we want to be a people who are very empathetic. When we hear misfortunes and the suffering of other people, our hearts become so stirred, God messes us up. He's like, you know what? I have to do something about it. You know, we, we do a spiritual test, inventory, giftedness. And it, it's really incredible that uh, this is often the gift that shows up on many people's spiritual giftedness test. It's weird. God just brings the like-hearted, like-minded. So we as a church, we believe in becoming people who are compassionate, gospel-centered, extravagant worship, concentric leadership, radical obedience, intimate community, compassion. These are the distinct marks of Rooftop Church. We, may, we may not be great and, and, in a lot of things, but these are the things that we will passionately pursue. Amen? And, and we have the rest of our church lives to continue to emanate the call that God has placed 
upon our lives. You know, some of you, uh, uh, new, uh, the members to be installed today, you are no longer just a visiting face. You are no longer just a guest. You're now asked to roll up your sleeves. You're now being asked to show up early and be part of the prep team. You're now being asked to carry a bigger burden on your shoulders and to hurt when a church hurts and to celebrate and rejoice in all the moments of joy in what God does in and through this church. And when we believe, when we have faithfully adhered to these core values, it, directs, it directly links to our vision statement. We will boldly live out our faith in Jesus. And when we do, we will make a difference. We will make an impact that will last both here on earth and eternally, both now and eternally. So we don't rush it. We take one day at a time, one week at a time, one value at a time. But when we faithfully adhere to it, we will make a difference. Amen? Amen. All right, why don't you pray with me at this time? God, we thank you for this Sunday. God, as we install new members, God, as we install a new board member in our midst, God, I know that uh, you are calling for us to greater heights. God, there are greater tasks to be done uh, in and through uh, this community, Lord. So God, continue to uh, do what you have envisioned for us to do, God. God, may you uh, ignite in us the new passion, the new desires, God. We thank you, Lord. Would you be with us in the next few moments, God, as we uh, go through the rest of the service today. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, we will take a few moments uh, of giving offering unto the Lord. We will give an offering unto the Lord. But I want to share one thing, a, a different opportunity uh, as you give your tithes and offering unto the Lord. Um, and I also, I also want to share a special offering or a special opportunity. Do you guys remember sometime in August last year, I shared about a story when Afghanistan was uh, seized and toppled by the Taliban regime. In a matter of days, uh, they came under the control of the Taliban. And since then, we have not heard or seen many on the news. Um, and I, I think at that time, I shared my personal journey uh, of my wife and I spending some time in, in Afghanistan. And, um, long story short, one of the contacts that we had from the orphanage that we helped run uh, years ago, uh, because of his short, brief tenure, um, having worked in uh, the Korean embassy in Kabul, one of the employees remembered him when he was just a little teenager. And when this incident happened, that former employee of the Korean embassy in Kabul that employee petitioned for um, Ruhullo, him and his wife, to be rescued from Kabul. 
So it's this crazy secret operation that his name was included out of the 394, and it was fortunate enough to be evacuated in the middle of crisis, guns firing, Taliban tried to kill everybody. He and his wife made it alive. Uh, his, his, his wife was seven months pregnant at that time, and um, uh, they made their way to Korea. Just two months after, their daughter was born. His name's uh, Hana because uh, uh, symbolizing the first Afghan uh, national being born in Korea since the evacuation. So they named her Hanguk Han and Ah, Afghanistan. So she's now uh, eight months now, and, and, and we've been staying in touch with Rulo and his, his little family. Uh, they, they, he went through the entire training of culture immersion and all that stuff. He's, he now has a job. The government set him up in a, in a small apartment. He has a factory job. Uh, he, he, I think he works in steel and plastic industry. And he works very hard. And um, for the next couple of years, he has the opportunity to continue on and, and to eventually become a granted permanent residency and, and hopefully citizenship and what may come. And, um, you know, during our sabbatical, and one of the main things that my family, my wife and I committed to do was that we wanted to go see Ruhullo. And uh, we won't have a ton of time, but we would love to come see them. I hadn't seen him since 2007 when, when our one-month trip was cut, uh, brief visit, we were supposed to return. We couldn't because of the kidnapping incident involving South Koreans. So we had a very abrupt goodbye, never saw him, seen him in the last 15 years, but we have the opportunity to go see him. And I thought I would share the opportunity. If there's anyone among you, just in your heart, be of help in any way for Rulo and his growing family. And for the next two weeks, I thought share the opportunity of give, giving love offering. And whatever offering that is collected in this, uh, in this congregation, we will hand deliver uh, to Rulo and his family when we visit him in the month of July. So uh, pray about it, and, and that opportunity is there as well as you are giving your tithes and offering unto the Lord this morning.